the beauty about street decks has done over the years as a, a, a preferred meta partner because you know that designation comes when you spend lots and lots of money with your clients. Um, the hundreds of thousands of ads, millions of leads generated for our clients, and then most importantly, those statistics pulled back into what we call the Netflix of ad experience because now all they have to go to is simply see, okay, I'm going to log into my dashboard. I'm going to go to these, these different ad templates, depending on if I'm going for a buyer or a seller, a downsizer, upsizer, open house, listing, you name it. It's already been tested. Welcome to Building Bigfoot. So if you're building a business and you raise a ton of money and you go big, it's called a unicorn. But if you're a bootstrap business, an entrepreneur that is growing profitably, you're investing your resources wisely, you're something else. You're a Bigfoot. So this is for all of you. So welcome to Building Bigfoot. I'm really excited. We're introducing Marcus Willard. Marcus is a bit of a real estate uh, sensation. He's, he's an influencer. He's been on a lot of stages. He's spoken in, uh, at conferences, events. I know on like the LCA uh, stage, he's, you know, you've hosted the virtual summit uh, which was uh, a massive summit with, uh, uh, I think we had like more than 750 people uh, attending that uh, or, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a really big event. So, uh, so Marcus, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit about your background, your story and, uh, and where you came from? Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Well, I mean, I, I guess it, it depends on how far you want to go back. Um, I'm originally from California. Uh, born and raised in the Bay Area, and um, spent my life mostly in a little area called Los Gatos. Went to high school there, um, thirteen and zero, undefeated CCS champs. But um, just a little plug in for the football days, um, and and then graduated there. Went to the Air Force Academy Preparatory School. Um, that was an interesting experience. I really wanted to play ball, um, but decided right around nine eleven when that whole um, event happened that uh, the military wasn't going to be for me. Um, so I quickly uh, jumped out of there and went to Cal Poly and graduated with a marketing degree. Spent four years at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And then uh, actually got my real estate license. Got my real estate license in 2007. Uh, and then the crash happened. And so the way I pivoted was into what I knew came naturally to me, which was uh, health and fitness and nutrition. And so I, I went all in and became a personal trainer eventually competed in the CrossFit uh, with, with uh, Canada regionals, um, actually ran a CrossFit gym inside of a global box. I think that might have been one of the first of its kind. I'm in Kelowna, of all places. And I um, actually ran a personal training business out of my garage, which was cool. And a few boot camps, uh, did some nutrition consulting, and spent about a decade in the industry there, um, back and forth. Uh, when I met my wife, um, and we got married in 2011. I had left San Francisco at the time as a personal trainer. That's where I was. Moved to Kelowna. And two weeks into it, I met her. Uh, three weeks later, I moved in with her. <laughs> three months later, I proposed to her. And then uh, we got married. And then Austin, my firstborn, came along. And um, that's when I knew I had to pivot again. Because... I wasn't going to be in an industry where it was paycheck to paycheck, depending on your clients, um, depending how many you had. You could have a great month and all of a sudden that's gone. Um, so I humbled myself and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, I'm just going to go and find wherever there was work available. So whether it was working with my, my friend Len as, a, as an electrician and just being his, his handy helper or working with Sid Mulliner, if, if you remember those days, and, and Brandon, um, you know, at different construction sites, just doing whatever they wanted me to do as the gopher. Um, that that was what I did until I got a nice uh, opportunity. Uh, Lawrence East said, "Hey, you got to meet these guys. They're starting a company um, called Street Text, and they've been around with textable sign writers." But it was the conversation, if you remember, John, at Starbucks with you and Steve, where I was your first quote unquote hire. Um, to to go after Facebook lead generation and uh, this is the rest is history I should say we um, I'm sure you've told the story of where Street Text has evolved to but been around here at Street Text since 2015. Yeah, so that was a 
magical meeting. So we we connected with. Uh, I remember Stephen and I were there, and you were there, and we're hanging out. And you had you knew Sid, which was cool because uh, Sid was actually one of our mentors at the time, and uh, he had nothing but incredible things to say about you. So you you kind of came in pretty strong. You probably didn't even realize it. And uh, when we met with you, I just remember thinking like, yeah, this guy's so cool. And uh, I didn't know at the time that I was meeting somebody who was going to become one of my closest friends. And I, I think that's like so cool how how life how life happens. And uh, if you remember, so Marcus, you were really like a you were the founding, uh, you know, one of the key founding people uh, in in what we built moving forward. And uh, we didn't know how to communicate it. We didn't know what it was. We we're like, what is it that we've made? Because it was like, is it a like it was a new category. It was a brand new category that yeah. we had created. And so it was like, is it the form builder? Is it a landing page tool? Are we a funnel tool? Uh, this is back uh, a long time ago. And so you were like, no, this is this is Facebook lead generation. That's what it is. And I'd never heard that term before. It just didn't exist. Nobody said it. And, and you were the very first person to say, no, we are Facebook lead generation. And so uh, so that's what we were. So we put that on our website. We put it on our on um, our wall. We got it printed out uh, as a big decal. I remember and, that. I remember uh, that. And and then that's what we became. We became. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was like tons of fun, and um, and it it kind of exploded. And so maybe you could share a little bit about the journey, even as you were, uh, you know, remember when you started getting on the stages yeah. and you were you were telling the story. And I don't think any of us realized how far ahead we were of the space at that moment. Yeah, well, I mean, to build an ad and funnel in the beginning for us took, you know, I remember Jordan working on these things. It took about 30 minutes for her to, to build an ad and a funnel template. Now we launch in seconds, right? It's like, it's night and day. Um, and, and back in the day, that was I was cold calling, you know, agents telling them about Facebook lead generation. And they had no clue that it was going to become the animal it is today. I mean, if you're not on Facebook as an agent today, um, you're probably a dinosaur at this point in terms of marketing is concerned because every agent who's growing a database, every agent who is lead generating, every agent that's marketing is on Facebook, right? And especially in this, in this market that we're in at this moment, we know that the only people that are sellers are those who are either downsizing or upsizing, um, you know, and there's exceptions, but the majority of them are on Facebook, right? It's a, it's a demographic that includes every generation and primarily the generation that we know has equity in their home at this moment are the baby boomers. And so I think it's a golden opportunity for people when, you know, most of the, the mainstream media and the noise out there says the economy is this or the, you know, interest rates are this, you know, the bears of all the bad news. This is where people take opportunity. Uh, these are the people that actually grow and thrive when they're, they're actually seeing this as an opportunity to connect. It's, it's true. Right. And the funny thing is, it's like the businesses that grow, grow regardless. It's like, they just don't pay attention to the news. That was actually like another piece of advice that, um, Sid gave me. He said, just turn the news off because it doesn't help anybody grow. The reality is, is if you wake up in the morning and you put in the effort and you generate those leads, you build your pipeline, guess what? Your business is going to grow because you have the most clients. And that's a simple, like, that's a simple fact the, the person who's, who's really good at marketing, the person who's really good at, at, uh, driving demand for their business, they're going to have an upswing no matter what. So, um, so going back for a second, I, I remember you used to share, uh, uh, we would we'd run all these these webinars, and uh, they were basically. Uh, I remember one. I think we got like nine hundred reg registrants from LCA, and uh, I didn't realize like how big of a deal that was at that time. And you were teaching everybody how to do this home value funnel. And uh, do you remember at that moment at that time? It was like people were saying it's like you cannot generate seller leads from Facebook. It was just like a known fact, and. We were we were having no problem generating seller leads from Facebook, and so we didn't even realize it was like this this thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like I look at it now, and I'm like, this is simple. Like if if, if truly people can grasp their minds around the click to contact, like the idea is it's interruption based marketing. You know, I like to call it digital door knocking. 
Um, you know, some people like to call it top of funnel, but what it really is, is that you are in the place where people are. And so if you know, everybody's spending crazy amount of times on social media, specifically on Facebook, Instagram, and they're just scrolling the the moment I, I teach them, I teach them this, you have to, you have to imagine yourself as the Facebook user. And so most of us, we're just so, it's just such a, a mindless thing we do at all times of the day. And we're guilty of it. It's the social dilemma, right? We're all guilty of it is, you know, you click on your Facebook. Some people leave their notifications on. So they're always getting ping, 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 ping. Right. But, but at the end of the day, you click on your Facebook. The first thing you do is, and they, and they do this, it's like a recipe for your attention. They draw you into notifications and then they draw you into messenger because those will light up. And then all of a sudden what you're doing is you're just scrolling and you're scrolling mindlessly, right? And so the art is, it begins here is understanding what is occurring from the end end point. So both, okay, here as a marketer, you got to understand that, but as who you're marketing to. And so when you put yourself in the shoes of who you're marketing to and you see what are they're looking at, so you want to be that person who stops the, their scroll. And so the moment you kind of think, okay, so what do I stop their scroll with? What's, what's going to cause them to stop? It's actually an image. It's an image. And so we got really good at understanding that. And, you know, back in the day, it, it was surprisingly the opposite of what you might think. It was a map image, a map image of their area. Because there was a time when you could, when you could go after zip codes. And we quickly pivoted when it was a minimum 15-mile minimum radius because of the Housing Discriminatory Act. And so the image grew to a, a map of 15 miles. It was just a boring generic map. Sometimes it was a terrain map. Sometimes it was a satellite map. But it was key because that stopped their scroll. They're like, that's me. Identify with it. It's local. It's organic. It's native to the market. As the moment that stopped the scroll, they qu- quickly turned to reading what's around it. And that's the key. It's a combination of the image itself and the text that draws you in. So that is the formula to lead generation. And there's two others. We've mastered that too. And this is something that Street Text invented as well called the split test. A-B test, most people know with marketing. It could be just two different images testing against each other. But that in itself is all it was. And so if you can help people identify that, then everything shifts into, okay, I get it. Let's go out there and test the market. And every time we test it, it works. And so, you know, the, the beauty about Street Text has done over the years as a, a, a preferred meta partner, because, you know, that designation comes when you spend lots and lots of money with your clients. Um, the hundreds of thousands of ads, millions of leads generated for our clients. And then most importantly, those statistics pulled back into what we call the Netflix of ad experience, because now all they have to go to is simply see, okay, I'm going to log into my dashboard. I'm going to go to these, these different ad templates, depending on if I'm going for a buyer or a seller, a downsizer, upsizer, open house, listing, you name it. It's already been tested. I can see this average cost per lead with tens of thousands of data on it. So I don't have to think it for myself. I just got to go in there, pull in the image that's local to me, split test the audience, and I'm going to see results in the next 24 to 48 hours. And so that right there was like a game changer for people to get it. And what we did both dynamically capture information from the home seller because the home seller was someone that everybody wanted all this information when the trust wasn't earned. So we found out that the best way to earn trust is to offer value. And the best way to capture information is to offer value around what mattered most to them, which is their own personal home. They were willing not to give you their name, phone, or an email up front, but they were definitely willing to give you their address up front because that's what they wanted, the value of their home. So the click-to-contact ratio that we had was unparalleled to anybody, anything has had in this injury, in this industry today. And I would say we still have that. Like no one's touched it because we start with an address, capture that dynamically, leveraging a conversion objective, which is different from the lead ad. And then we move into a, a, a dynamic funnel that asks for email, which they have to give permission to be contacted by. And if they go that debt deep into a funnel, they're going to go a little bit further and tell you about the condition of their home, details about their home, time for, for selling. And then if they have already revealed that, they're already invested. And at that moment, they're more likely to give you their name and phone number. That's what we learned. And that's what separated us from everyone else. And that's why we were known for so long as seller lead generation. You know, But now we 
of again, once again, reinvented ourselves, adapted, and we become, if not, I would say one of the best buyer lead generations and understanding the concept and psychology around what type of buyers to go after that are also sellers. Because buyers in today's market that are going to sell their home, you need to first reach them to where they're looking for, which is, hey, I need to figure out where I'm going from if I'm downsizing or I'm going to first before I'm going to put my home on the market. And so that that's the simple yet. We're, we're masters of lead generation. And, but what we also have, I, I think, done so well in this, in this community of, of real estate agents out there and are, are well known for is not just settling into being a marketing lead generation tool. We are so focused on you excelling and succeeding that we want you to have the best conversion techniques, the best conversion systems tools, tech stacks. And so recently we integrated with follow-up Ost, which I think is one of the best CRMs that you can possibly have out there. I'm personally using it right now and I love it. Um, and I, and I think you need to have a smart action plan and you need to be a most importantly surrounded by a community of people that you can be mentored by and that you can basically R and D we call it rip off and duplicate from. Right. And so our masterminds is the heart of street text. Every week, hosting the mastermind has been my greatest privilege because it gives us opportunity to connect and dissect the wins, share, help people that are struggling, and show them an alternative. Um, show them first, it starts with their mindset. First, it starts with understanding that, that today, converting a Facebook lead is a lot different than it was five years ago. The average amount of touches that are needed are 20. It used to be 10. That's a combination of phone calls, text messages, emails, automations, smart action plans, right? So we, we know that's so important. That it's not about just filling your pipeline and your database. It's about staying in front of them. And guess what? We've got that solution too with remarketing. So, I mean, I think we're just in a really good position in, in today, it's, you know, day and age of, of digital pioneers and digital marketing. And I think that's always what's kept us like, that's number one, right? It's because we, we adapt as the market shifts and we continue to, to reinvent ourselves and give more value to our customers. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And when you were talking about adapting, you hit on like five different points that I think I want to get to. But at first, I want to dive into the adaption one. But before I get into there, uh, maybe you could share a little bit about your story, like playing football and maybe what that meant, taking like seeing the team go all the way to the championship. And then we can dive into adaption because, man, you are one of the people that I know of that has this amazing knack when it comes to adapting. You just can adapt so fast. But adaption is really the key to not just surviving but thriving because it's about putting yourself in the best possible position as quickly as possible. And the number of challenges that we've faced, the number of challenges that any business is going to face um, is enormous. And in street text, like we've we've had – we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But the number of, of – of, uh, of you know potentially business ending situations that we have had to go and navigate through um, is is remarkable and so uh, yeah maybe share a little bit about your story of football and what that meant to you and 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 how you take that mentality uh, in in business. Well, first and foremost, football is a game of inches, right? And I always I draw the parallel with lead generation because when you think about Facebook and Instagram we're giving you the ball at the one yard line and you've got a hundred yards to get down the field. Top of funnel literally means, Hey, I was just curious. You interrupted my feed today. I wasn't expecting to talk to another person. They have no idea. They, they, they click through thinking they're getting one thing and the experience could be opposite. So it's all about humanizing the follow up, making it relational, asking the right questions and moving the chain. Right. And the chain is a first down. It's not a touchdown. Everybody wants a touchdown. Everybody wants, to go and break through for a 99 yard run or a Hail Mary pass. But if you, if you come in with that mentality, you're already losing. Right. And so my experience in football understands that if it is a hundred yard field and we have 10 other players on a football team, then we're relying on each other's strengths to cover each other's weaknesses. Right. And, and that's no different in digital marketing. It's no different in lead generation is like you can only do so many things. So you have to leverage 
You have to learn how to delegate if you want to scale. And so it's, it's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of the right call, uh, you know, call in the right place. Similarly with lead generation, right? So you, you can draw that. It's, it's, it's discipline. It's time blocking. It's all these things that you learn, like I learned in the game of football with other teammates. And if you wanted to, to get to this level as a Super Bowl or CCS champions or whatever we were at that level, like it was sacrifice. And so there's a lot of these lessons you take from there and bring into business. And that's why there's, you know, only a percentage of agents that do really well, especially during the, you know, the times like these and the market conditions we're in. And, you know, it, cause you have, you have to have not only the right mindset, but the right strategies, the right play calls, the right team, you know, the time blocking, discipline, sacrifice, like you got to understand it's, I think you said it to me today for people not running or marketing right now and generating leads, they're delaying future revenue, right? That that's something that you're always doing. You know, the value you have to offer. And th- that would be the, the parallel of, of the game. It's like, okay, yeah, the market conditions are the way are, Yeah. Their interest rates are high. Yes. Inventory is low, but there's so many opportunities there right now to connect with people to educate them, to bring value, to be a light in their newsfeed, because alternatively, they're going to be going to the news or reading things or watching things they shouldn't, right? And so you need to be that light and share with them what's even possible with the market that are in today and stay in front of them and become omnipresent, become trusted. And so I think we got to look at it that way. That It's, it's an actual digital playbook. Tilting this, this conversation ever so slightly. So the... Um... Because there's a lot of businesses that listen to this podcast, people who are in real estate, people who are not in real estate. And, uh, you know, one thing that I think people could really benefit from is is understanding, um, you know, what does it take to be part of a championship team? Like when you joined that football team at the beginning, did you know that that did like did you know on day one that you were going to win? I did. Um, because the previous year we had Jared Allen, who eventually became an all pro defensive end and, um, you know, made the pro bowl and was one of the best defensive ends ever to play the game at NFL. We had a quarterback at that time that was not our starting quarterback, but he was a sophomore. Um, and he ended ended up being a professional quarterback in the NFL and had several years was a, an incredible college quarterback as well at Stanford. So we had some of the best athletes out there. I knew and tasted defeat with that team as a junior. We went all the way. We were we were ranked high, and then we got our butts kicked our junior years. We got defeated something like 30, 33 to 7 or something um, in the championship game. by And, and they just showboated in our face, and it, it left. like I went to bed basically crying in my pillow that night. Because, you know, as, as a junior, it was my life. And so we, we came back from that and we all decided as a team that would never happen to us again. And so, because we thought we were good, but we obviously weren't. So we knew we had to put in that much more effort and work and discipline and sacrifice if we were going to go back and finish it this time around. And so I think that's, that's the key. Like when we, we, we go back to the conversation around adaptability it's actually like not enough t- people these days spend time reflecting on what was working or what was not working and make adjustments and adapt and then focus on strategies that are going to allow you to excel. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, it's constantly what I'm looking at as I approach my days. Like for me, it's how do I get in front of people? Because I know I know my strengths, I also know my weaknesses. I know if I can get the opportunity to connect them one-on-one like this, then I'm going to be in my flow. If I don't, I'm just chasing them down. How do I show value? And it's no different than you're teaching these realtors with leads. We're actually in the same almost type of, of game. We're just on opposite ends of the game. Um, so it's, it's quite an interesting parallel when I have them see that. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's, it, it's a lot. There's, there's a lot of analogies. Um, to football and business in general. And there's a lot of analogies to football and um, building your, your, your database, building your pipeline, uh, you know, your marketing efforts growing because, um, which I want to get into, but before we do, you, you know, 
So you tasted defeat and that seems to have like planted a hunger inside of you and maybe your whole team to say like, we don't want to feel that again. That, that didn't feel good. And we want to, we, we know what we're capable of. Now let's show it to the world. Did, was that because of your coach? Was it because of the people around you and your team? Was it you? Like, like what was it that was driving that, um, that decision that on day one of the second year, you, you stepped on that field for practice, knowing this is the team that's going to go all the way. I got to remember you're, you know, what, 16, 17, 18 during that time. So you're very impressionable. I would say it's our coach, right? I, I think it definitely begins with the coach. He, he was one of the most uh, inspiring yet ruthless disciplined coaches I've ever had a part of. He was also the, my, my algebra teacher at school. Um, but you, 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 did, you came into the room, you, um, you would not backtalk Coach Catalico, right? Like you respected him and every word he said. And he did these things before the games um, and not just before the games, often the times where he'd, he'd put us all in his classroom, the whole team. He'd, he'd shut the curtains and it would be pitch black and he'd have us just lay on the desk, like just with our eyes closed. And he'd give these speeches like, uh, you know, I'm talking better than Al Pacino on any given Sunday. I'm talking better than any of those football speeches you ever heard for Friday Night Lights. I'm talking about you come out of that room and you were going to war. Um, and so there's, you know, he knew how to tap into motivation and inspire you. And also he was one of the most brilliant minded football coaches I've ever knew. He knew how to call plays and he also knew how to surround himself. He built a, a coaching personnel around him in all these right positions. So we all, we were all throughout the week, all we could think about and live and, and dream about. And, and, you know, was, was excited, not just for the game itself, but for practice and just to become the best versions of ourselves. So like, yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about that. I think a lot of what you're seeing today with some of the best coaches out or some of the best agents out there is they all have real estate coaches, right? They know that they need to be inspired and, and um, you know, whether they're, they're hiring Krista Mayshore or, you know, Tristan Alamada, or they're hiring, you know, these greats out there and being motivated, inspired them. You know, so that's why some people go to Tony Robbins. They need to find like that drive. They need to be inspired. They need to um, be motivated. And everybody has different levels of it, but yeah, it's not just about calling the right plays or, you know, the right strategies. It's about going to work every day, hungry and excited. If you think about football team, because I want to get back to the, like some of the adapting that we've, we've had to go through, or you've, you've really like led, I say in, in a huge way, because um, you're really great at problem solving. And the, you know, if you go back to the football team and you think about it within lead generation, a lot of times businesses make the mistake. Um, so now imagine if you, you're leading this football team and, and you're not seeing the best performance that you know is capable from that team. So you're, you're the coach and you're, you're driving that, that team forward as you're building that team, you don't stop doing the other stuff that is, that is in the pipeline. Like you don't stop working on the recruiting. You don't stop working on the, with the other coaches, making sure that they're working on their plays, that they're all on the same page. You don't stop working with the QB or the defensive um, coordinator or the linebacker. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're making sure that the, um, that the other parts of the, um, of the organization are all ticking at 10 out of 10 while you then work with the team and maybe get their mindset, right. Maybe, maybe focus on, on some of the basics of, you know, just, you know, mm -hmm. catches plays, those kinds of things. And it's the same thing in, in business when it comes to lead generation is I notice a lot of businesses will be tempted to turn their marketing off while they then go and focus on the other part of the business. I'm like, that's a really mm -hmm. great way to have a terrible next season. Because if you do that, you're stopping right. all the other stuff that was actually all at a 10 out of 10. Like you're stopping all the things that are working really well while you're trying to focus on the problem. And that takes a lot of discipline. But then you, you yep. say, so let's say you keep your, your lead generation going, you keep your marketing going, you've got, you know, you, what you need to focus on. And all of a sudden you get something you don't expect. Maybe your, your QB gets injured. Maybe your, um, the guy that is your, your receiver, your number one receiver, maybe they get injured. This is the kind of stuff that happens in business all the time. Like um, just to go through some of the, the journeys that all I remember time. we went through, we went, um, we had to change our, um, 
you know, our business in a huge way the day that iOS 14.5 came out. All of a sudden, the way that we ran uh, lead generation just couldn't be done anymore. Uh, and so we had to set up all these processes in place. I remember uh, having to navigate a lot of these challenges that we've done. And it wasn't the first time. We 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 had so many different challenges that came along um, during that. But you were remarkably good at figuring out solutions. And so how were you able to adapt so quickly? And um, what if if you're if if you're in business and you're facing problems, how do you focus on the right thing so you don't get distracted by the problem and you keep working towards the solution? Because that's something you're really good at. Well, man, I don't know if there was necessarily like a a one thing. I just always knew that um, just stay relational because everybody has a story that you need to listen to and figure out how to tap into their motivation. And so there's a lot of things that we have no control over, right, that happens in a business. But at the end of the day, your customers still need to be heard. And you need to just to listen to them and do everything you possibly can to, to bring value to them. And so no matter what happens in your business, as long as that's the top priority, you're going to succeed. And that, that's, that's the key is this authenticity and integrity, right? As, as long as you lead with that and the value that you have to offer, they're going to stay with you. There's the loyalty that's earned. That's the repeat and referral business. Because there's a lot of externals that we have no control over. But how we serve our clients can remain consistent. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And I remember, um, do you remember like when the when the postcard or the uh, zip codes, postal code zip codes were were eliminated from Facebook? That was another big change. That was another big, um, and then it ended up being a crazy uh, blessing. Or the Apple iOS update. or the Apple iOS update. <laughs> those those ended up being crazy big blessings. And one of the things that I remember being most proud of, um, looking back on in, in both of those cases, was that we actually kept or improved the performance of all of our, our customers' uh, campaigns because we're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make sure that they're optimized for it. But I remember looking at our cost per lead and thinking, oh my goodness, it's it's either holding the same or it's improved. Like it's actually costing less to get the same outcome uh, based on the improvements that the team's making. And you were a big part of that um, that drive and that lead and, and really working with the, the team on the front end to understand the experience people were having and making sure that those, um, those campaigns were being optimized accordingly. And I'll put it this way. It's just, it, it's just changed the way how you perceive it. So for what, what sem- seemed to be negative to most people, I can no longer go after my zip codes. I said, you know what? Let's expand and get you out of your comfort zone. Let's let's consider this as now this is a ta- this is an opportunity to expand your influence from a small area to 15 mile area that you can serve. Imagine how big you can grow. Imagine the brand you can continue to grow and the team you can build with 15 miles of influence. Po- the, op- the opportunities are endless. Right? And so it's just a shift in perspective. Yeah. Right? I think that's the key is that adaptability has a lot to t- sometimes to shift your perspective. Because as a man thinketh, so he is, right? And so it's how do you think about a situation? You and I both know, being you know men of faith, that you know out of the heart flows life. And so what you what you think about often, what you allow your ears your ears to listen to, what you allow your eyes to see, has everything to do with where you're going to move, right? And then what, absolutely the way you speak, because that's the power of blessing. So when you combine those to, and ultimately know that for us, adaptability, that comes natural, not because we live spirit led. And, and, and I think that's, that's something sometimes we need to help steer people with because they, they might be so carnally focused or what they can see and taste and feel and experience that they're so focused on the negative, not knowing that there's an amazing plan and purpose for them. You just got to shift their focus and think about what is right and true, you know? And I, and I think that in itself is just, we just constantly just, you know, clear eyes, full heart can't lose is a, a one I remember from Friday Night I Live. I love that. Clear eyes, full heart can't lose. Like continue, continue to think about what you want and what you desire and it'll happen. Um, especially if your heart is for that person, you know, you got to always check your internal motivation. 
because it can easy to it's going to be easily to, to 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 focus on just numbers and money and GCI and all those things that realtors focus on, but if they just focus on serving and giving the best experience to each and every person they possibly can, um, that'll naturally all come. Yeah. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's so true though, right? Uh, and that, and that, and that actually is, is, yeah, so is, true. is what happens. So, um, how do you move forward in life? Because there's going to be stuff that sometimes hits you. Like there's, there's business problems and then there's personal problems and then there's life problems that come that are just like, ex- those. yeah, we, we all do, right? We all have stuff. How do you keep moving forward with momentum yep. and energy when, uh, when situations happen, um, that, that you can't control and you didn't expect, and I'll, I'll give you a simple example that mm-hmm. you handled recently. Uh, you don't have to get into it, but basically, uh, you were you had a renter in, in your property, and it didn't work out great. How do you move forward without carrying that into your future? Trust in God. Lean not in my own understanding, and all his ways, all my ways, acknowledge Him, and He directs my path. So, I think um, there's something that this to be said about having a knowing in your heart that all things are going to work out for the best. I don't let those things bring me down because it's like, whether it's my, my trailer having water damage and mold damage, whether it's having a squatter in my home, we just shift and pivot We're like, okay, well we got to do something, but let's just move and know that that path is going to open up. Right. And so that I don't know how to, to tell anybody other than like, for me, it's it's meditating on the things that I know bring life, and anything that comes in my life that is a, is a, a distraction to that, I just say no, nope, not for me. Let's move into what we can to control. Um, so I don't, I don't, I just, I guess, I hold all those thoughts captive, and I don't allow those thoughts to take take root in my heart. Wow. I make I, you, you know, you got to take action, of course gotta take action of course um and do what you can for your family and 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 make those moves but i but i think there's there's something fun about not knowing right because all we have is today so there's an adventure ahead that maybe like okay well this 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 brings an opportunity to do something that we didn't think we were going to do like move to Kauai, right what what happened in that circumstance is i didn't know i had a squatter at the time but I knew I had a trailer that we couldn't move forward with, but we had a renter. So what are we going to do? We're going to jump on a 16 day cruise and celebrate. We're not going to let it bring us down. We're staying in a hotel. We're displaced during Christmas. What can we do? Jump on a cruise. What do we find out from there? Hey, we can't go back to Canada. So where can we go? Let's check out Kauai. Six month rental. Here we are. Right. So, so, you know, what, what seems like that was something negative became something that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that is, that is so profound and remarkable. Marcus, uh, you're one of the people that I have, uh, changed the most around simply by being around. And there are moments where you have called me out. You have, you have directly called me out of my stuff, which I am so deeply appreciative of. Um, but you're also, um, you're like a lighthouse. It's like, you see, you don't, you're not preaching. You're not like, um, you, you know what I mean? You're just, you're, you're being you. And simply by being around you, I've noticed that my life has improved. My health has improved. My fitness habits have improved. My diet has improved. Um, my relationships have improved simply by being around you and, uh, and observing how you deal with stuff and how you, uh, you live your own life. Like, I I think you you exemplify something like really good. It's I heard this analogy of like the tugboat versus the lifeboat. I you you are a very um, strong, confident person, and 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 if someone doesn't know you, like so, the culture of Canada and the culture of the United States is different, and you know there's quite a big difference in, in the sense that you you have very much carry that California. Um, that California style and, and like you walk that way, you talk that way, you carry yourself. And Canada is very like, um, I don't know. It's more, um, 
how would you describe Canada? Like muted? I don't know. If, if, more polite. polite. Well, no, it's not polite. It's it's something different. And so, maybe and polite, so, reserved. Um, I so what I guess I'm getting at is when I met you, I never really met anybody like you before, and I, I remember thinking like, this guy is is dominant. He's aggressive. Um, what's it like? And all I've discovered is that you are humble. You're safe to be around. You're open to feedback. You're a hundred percent accepting of everybody no matter who they are or where they're at and i have like um learned that i'm like wow i now crave more and more people like you in my life and the because it's like there is no guard there's no walls there's nothing hidden it's just upfront clear but it's very accepting open safe and uh so i guess what i was i'm getting at is maybe you could share with like some other people, um, like where does that come from? And yeah, how do you view things? Because because you really are that accepting, but at the same time, you're confident. You know who you are. Man, that's that's deep. That's a deep conversation. And I thank you for that. And and um, like the truth is, it's it's not me. It's the spirit in me. It's the spirit of God in me, right? Um, because first of all, perfect love casts out all fear. So in, in our faith, we know that the moment we receive Jesus into our hearts, we have the same spirit of Jesus living inside of us. So now we spend the rest of our lives transforming our mind to recognize what we have in the spirit, right? In our mind, our will and emotions, we're, 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 we're basically three, just like God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are three. We are spirit, soul, and body. But the, this valve that needs to open to recognize who we are in the spirit because nothing changed in our, on our soul, nothing changed with our thought life. Our body certainly did, didn't change. So we spend the rest of our lives metamorphing like a caterpillar into a butterfly and opening that valve. And that, and that's a, a renewing of the mind. And that's something you actually have to have discipline around. You can't just renew your mind five minutes a day. You got to start meditating and understanding that the word itself is living and breathing, and so for me that that was a re- uh, that that became a revelation to me. Like that, and when I understood that, I knew walking in the spirit with love, joy, peace. You know, walking boldly, being authentic, not c- concerned about what men or women thought about me, and just being you know going out there and sharing what was on my heart. And it's everything. It's not just the gospel of Jesus. It's everything that I think will bring value to their lives. Because at the end of the day, if that's if that's truly is love, is we're just wanting people to to be able to live their very best, to experience the life that God has designed for them, then all we want is the best for them. And and we're gonna look at them that way, the way that God sees them. But that that doesn't happen naturally. So I take no credit for it other than I am constantly looking and, and renewing my mind to what I know I was born to be rather than conforming to the standard of the world and putting my focus on what they want me to think, what they, what they think they should have. Their goals and motivations are not necessarily so off, but my mind are eternally minded rather than focusing on accumulating more or more money, more things that doesn't matter to me. So I, I guess that's my roundabout. It's just like when you have that type of purpose in your life, you just kind of naturally are, are always in and you're not concerned about all those worldly things that people that get people down. Cause you already know you have everything in Christ. Yeah. That's, um, that's really cool. And then how do you, cause you really are, probably the most accepting person I've ever met in my life. And where does that come from? Like, how, how come you're so accepting? Because everyone's created in God's image. They're all reflections of him. And the way I look at it is they just don't know that they have and need a savior. That's it. If they knew who they were, there would be no problems around acceptance and identity and all that stuff that we're seeing today. 
Um, if they knew who they were, they, they'd love every, everyone just like they're loved, right? So it's first knowing how much you're loved so you can go out there and be loved to people. So it begins with a revelation of the love that God has for you so you can go out and be that same love to other people. He, you know, he, he meets you where you are, you know? And, and, and so if we're emulating Jesus, then we're not, we don't have a religious spirit of condemnation or judgment. We're just loving them. Let Jesus find them, you know, and then they'll have the, the, the acceptance just comes naturally. I, I can accept every single person out there because it's not for me to judge them. It's for me to love them. That's not my responsibility. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. The uh, next, like, back to kind of pivoting this back to, uh, you know, growing the business profitably. What is some advice you'd give people around uh, building your marketing acquisition funnel profitably? Like, what, what, how should you be thinking about it? What should you be investing in, and thinking about it from a broad sense? So not just people using street text, but yeah, um, people who maybe aren't. Well, stay omnipresent. Stay in front of them. Stay top of mind. Like everything that you build around it needs to have be a text st- stack that combines the ability to leverage yourself automate yourself, but also bring authenticity with it, humanize it, bring video inside of it. Um, you have a, a great CRM so you can be reminded, you know, even with Facebook, as I say, it's, it's a CRM for me because every time there's a birthday, I want you to know that I'm thinking about you. Um, and I also use it as, as a place to organize and categorize my list. And so I know who you are, where you are. And, and you know, I sing you a happy birthday song, leave a video, do something that is extraordinary that not everybody else does. Be omnipresent, be always there, and be available. Um, and that's what I would say as you're building these funnels, just humanize it and let them know that you care. Um, and, and, you know, because everybody wants a system or a CRM or an automation or, you know, a service that does it all for them. But there's no such thing. At the end of the day, you personally still have to connect. And so be intentional about that. Connect. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I was talking about this example we were talking about earlier, but it was really profound. So there was a guy, a business, he he actually came from P&G and uh, was head of basically helping P&G completely change the business in the 80s uh, and, and make it what it is today, where it was really originally like a family business. And now it's like a global, very, very much a global um, business. And uh, he took the principles he applied into some other businesses, and one of them was a uh, cabinet business. They were making cabinets, and I forget how many pieces, but it was something like 20-something pieces, and I don't know if it was as a team or as an individual uh, that they were making a day. And um, simply by coming up with the process that mattered the most, like what was the thing that mattered the most? And in this case, it was uh, the thing that people were slowing them down is they couldn't get their tools. They couldn't figure out their tools. And um, by making sure that all the tools, tools were organized, every station had every tool they needed, every tool had a home and they could see the home. It just kept things organized. They increased the productivity from like 24 to 36 uh, units that they were making. And the key there is, you know, you were talking about tools, like every everybody looking for a tool that does it all. The reality is, is that sometimes we can fall into the trap of shiny object, but really the reality is, is the thing that keeps you the most organized, the thing that keeps you the most that makes it the easiest, the most simple process, that's really the thing that's going to make you most effective. And um, to me, that was just a mind-blowing reality. And I've heard it like, what's the best system, the system you use? But the truth is, is, is no, it's not the best system because maybe you're using a messy desk. <laughs> maybe maybe you're, you're, you can't find the tools. Yeah, you're using it, but the best system is the one that you use that's organized, that keeps you organized. And that's really going to keep you hyper productive. Yeah. Um, that I, I really believe that. In the- I agree. I mean, I look at my systems. It's a combination of like, you know, the, the full focus planner that I have in front of me because I like to write. I like to see my day, like the, thing that the, the three most important tasks for my day. Other tasks, I like to check, do check boxes, right? I like to take notes. That, that's my system, you know, that I can, I can do. But I also like my Google Calendar so I can see it all in front of me. Uh, you know, you you find those things you like follow up boss. Like they like the ability to send mass emails and put people's in pipelines and tag them, and you know all these things that you can do. Like you you gotta 
there are a lot of different systems out there, but you, you got to find ways that keep you organized and most importantly, allow you to connect with people. Cause we all have, like, we all have the same currency of time. It's how we use the, that time effectively and connect with people effectively. That's going to allow us to get to those goals we have in mind. So my, my question I always pose to people is like, how are you using your time? Show me your time and I'll show you, your, you know, if you're going to be successful or not. How are you using those time blocks and are they effectively allowing you to grow and meet more people and have more conversations? Because that's the most yeah, important part. I love this. So as we wrap up here, final question for you, Marcus. What's one thing that you would uh, love to leave the listener with today? <clears throat> um, do what you love and love what you do and you'll never work another day. I think the truth is, is if everybody wants to flow, everybody wants to get in the zone where they lose concept of time because when they're doing it, that, that brings them joy. And I think every one of us has that inside of us and we need to move in that direction, whatever that is. Because if you can do that every single day, you're going to be excited and motivated to, to, to wake up the next morning and do the same thing. So you may, you may be in a position right now where you don't have that, but you can ever so slightly pivot and do something, whatever that is. It could be a, an old activity you used to do. It could be, you know, picking up the football or a barbell or whatever it is, climbing a mountain, getting on a bike. Something that just brings you joy every time you're doing it. Use that as a catalyst as you move into your business and do the same thing. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I think I've said that a few times today. This has been a really great conversation, Marcus. The uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, you really are an inspiration, a uh, a light a lighthouse in this in this place. And so, um, and everyone listening, it's the same for you. Like you really are a lighthouse. Like wherever you go, just know that people are people are watching and they're being blessed by you simply be, being around you. And they get to see you and sometimes in ways that you don't know. And so, uh, again, thanks, Marcus. Really appreciate it, man. You've been awesome. This has been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me, John. It's been awesome. It's been a great time. Let's go.